The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. The Forever Fab podcast values truth and authenticity. We encourage our guests to show up exactly as they are, as the best version of themselves. Please note, this podcast episode contains adult language. Thank you and enjoy. So speaking of an empowering narrative and taking that on, and we know how incredible the body is, and, and we know that through this natural process, how even more incredible a woman's body is, how may we use this power within us to create a fulfilling life of happiness and, and abundance? So what is, or what are the keys to this stored energy in the feminine? Well, I think that, um... I think first we have to acknowledge that it's something valuable yeah. because to, to do, to consider it to be a curse is a form of self-loathing yeah. and lack and, 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 and a failure, like a lack of self-acceptance. And I, I, you know, like I am a bit of a Buddhist, you know, and um, in Buddhism, they say, you know, you can't have compassion for anyone until you full have full compassion for yourself. It's like you say, the light in me honors the light in you. You have to acknowledge that there is light. Yeah. So, and that, and that, that your cycle might be very disruptive, but it is on your side. It yeah. is, it is screaming to you for help and listening. It's begging. Like when you're throwing up and passing out from your period, it's saying, for the love of God, please, could you pay attention? I need something different than what you're giving me. Mm -hmm. When your PMS is so, so bad, it's saying I need, it's my check engine light. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, I always say, well, like when I'm doing talks, I'm like, if your check engine light was on, you wouldn't put a fucking piece of duct tape over it. <laughs> Correct. And you're like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Like I'm going on a road trip to Florida, but um, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. No. And, you know, and so we, so the first step is having compassion for ourselves and understand that our body is actually not working against us. Right. It really wants to work in conjunction with us and that it gives us so much feedback if we're willing to listen. You have to learn, you know, like what those signals tell you and and how they're related, but that's my job to help educate people around that. And um and and then start like for me like with my MS. I mean, I'm just like a quid quintuple triple a type a type you know but when i the first like five or six years after i was diagnosed and i started working on it 
I could only work 20 hours a week. Yeah. I, that's I, if I worked more than 20 hours a week, I would be having episodes. Yes. That's, that's what my body had the capacity to tolerate. Right. Which made me get really clear about what was important. And that was a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we have to change our mindset, you know, and I think that's the other piece of it is that we think that we can muscle through. We're right. strong. Our, we are very strong mentally and physically. Um, I like to say that like people with periods are superhumans. Like they can literally make humans. They can make humans. That's like nothing to be ashamed of. Right. And um, so anyways, I can just keep going for a day. I'll just try to <laughs> monitor. No, it's it's fantastic. I mean, yes, we can't go on and on and on. I've, I have so many questions, but I too will try to, you know, keep it, keep it succinct. Um, your products are primarily there to support women, obviously, by helping to alleviate uh, menstrual symptoms such as um, cramping, PMS, depressive mood, etc. It is obvious why this is important, but why was it so important for you to be able to offer these products to to help women? So, actually, what they do is they, you know, in Chinese medicine, we're hardly ever working with symptoms. We're addressing the underlying cause of the symptoms, root causes. Okay. Right. So there's 40 symptoms associated with PMS. If you try to make any kind of formula to address all of those, you're going to have a huge formula that's going to have side effects because yeah. you're going to be addressing. Maybe you try and get 20 out of the 40, yeah. but that means 20 of the ingredients are not going to be right for you. So if yeah. you're not writing a formula, you have to remember like, what are the common root causes of these problems? And if you, if you systematically address those month over month, the side effects, which are the symptoms start to get better. And, um, you know, after I wrote that article in Goop and all those women wrote to me about their periods, um, there's a, a statement of fact in Chinese medicine. They say the good doctor treats the patient, the great doctor treats society, but the master knows how to make herself obsolete. Wow. You'll have to send me that quote because that's going, that's it's definitely going on social media. <laughs> it's good, right? It's yep. really good. It's and, delicious. And I went to my investors from Conceivable and I said, um, I think I built the wrong company. And like, what are you talking about? There's a huge market for infertility. So many people need your help. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I think I just learned how to make myself obsolete. Because even when we're helping women who have infertility, we are still treating a side effect. It is infertility is a symptom mm. of menstrual problems, of behavioral problems, of mindset problems, of dietary problems. I said, I want to make conceivable and obsolete. I want to build a platform that uses artificial intelligence like we did in Conceivable to be able to collect all the data that a period tracker would collect and look at all the problems as a system, as a as an ecosystem. This is what they eat. This is how they exercise. This is what they think. This is what they do. This is their stress and how they manage it. How are all these things related and how yeah. do we boil that down to the root cause and then figure out what the order of operations and then build Chinese herbal formulas and customized behavioral health to fix those problems. Yeah. And so if we do that and we do it young enough, we won't need conceivable. Wow. That is completely opposite. I mean, that's not even thinking about an exit strategy. You are thinking obsolete. Right. But what I loved about what you just said is that it is, it is very much, I mean, it's beyond a holistic approach. It is absolutely everything. And I also base my practice on a holistic approach to beauty and wellness, right? Because you mm -hmm. can't have 
beauty without the wellness. Absolutely. Um, right. So I, I love that you said that because it, it hasn't been really addressed that way before, which brings me to your website and, and using, you know, the tech and the artificial intelligence. Your site contains a plethora, a plethora of um, information and blogs about holistic women's health, including uh, the link between PMS and depression, um, uh, foods, foods that ward off uh, PMS or headaches and, and so much more. So I applaud you uh, for having that educational component on your site. Why is it, and I was going through many of the, um, the topics on your site and one thing that occurred to me was my goodness, why is it so challenging or even difficult to get this kind of holistic information from our standard practitioners? Why is that? Well, I think I think that's a great question. Um, I think that your your you know gynecologist is not trained in the same way that I was trained. So I studied Western medicine and Chinese medicine, and so I was always looking at like. I want to know what real integrative medicine is. Integrative medicine is not where you go to the acupuncturist or you go to your doctor. Integrative medicine is where you marry. What is, for me, I'm like, I know both. What is yeah. the best? What is FSH in Chinese medicine? Mm. What is progesterone in Chinese medicine? And how do you affect if progesterone, like, you know, like if the temperatures are, are low in the luteal phase after ovulation, we saw that there was a strong correlation to progesterone levels, right? This is kind of common knowledge. But we're like, in Chinese medicine, like you can give supplemental progesterone, but there's no data that show that that makes any difference in miscarriage rates. And I'm like, that's because you haven't fixed why the progesterone is low. In Chinese medicine, why, what do you need to raise the temperature? You need energy. So what's wrong with digestion? If they have low temperatures after ovulation, they will also have fatigue. Why do they have fatigue? Are they not sleeping? Is their diet wrong? Is something wrong with digestion? Yeah. So it's just, for me, I'm just a systems freak. So, yeah. I, you know, and seeing 200 patients a week for so long, I just kept looking at the patterns, looking and that Chinese medicine is all pattern differentiation. So yeah. I think that's why, um, you know, I, I still hear physicians say things like the color of your menstrual blood doesn't mean anything. Anybody who tells you that is lying to you. I'm like, if you're anemic, your menstrual blood will be pink. Yeah. I'll put a million dollars on it. I saw it, you know, 10,000 times. Yeah. You know, having endometriosis and significant menstrual pain is highly correlated with heart disease, 66% increased risk. You know why? Because it's a clotting disorder. That's right. And we think, oh, if you're clotting in your vagina or your uterus, that's just localized there. That's not happening anywhere else in your body. Yeah. yeah. Right. Of course it is, right? Yes. Your blood is systemic. It's part of a systemic system. So I think that um, what I hope is that, you know, when the Brazen app is launched and we have 100,000 women and people with periods using the platform and we're collecting the data and the data is going to show, we'll be able to correlate. This person has anemia. They had pink blood. This person has this and this is what the blood look and this is what their temperatures look like and this is, you know, et cetera. You must promise me that when you get that data, that you will publish it, not only, you know, on group or, you know, popular uh, consumer platforms, but that you will also publish it in the scientific literature because it's it's significantly needed. It really is. I'll be a publishing machine, my love. Yes, you will be a publishing 
machine and uh for sure i think it's so important and um to your point i i agree with you about systems and understanding that everything is related and that we are one holistic systemic you know body of systems um which is one of the reasons that led me to incorporate a holistic approach and to study integrative nutrition at least because i cannot I, I personally feel limited if I were to just do the outside sort of superficial things to help, you know, enhance someone's natural beauty without working on the inside. So it, it's straightforward for me and for you also, but I do understand how it would, it's difficult for a lot of people to wrap that concept around their heads. So sure. I'm right there with you. And in your opinion and your experience, um, and you've men you've mentioned a few of them, but in, in working with so many women, what do you think is the greatest misunderstanding that women have about either their cycles or the process or or their body? I think the I think the greatest misunderstanding is that suffering is normal. Like what, basically, the majority of people that I talk to accept that whatever their period serves up every month is normal. I mean, literally, I've had people on Facebook fight with me and say, wow. I'll say, it is not normal to pass out from your period. And they're like, it is normal for me. I'm like, that means it's common. Ah, there's a difference. That does not mean that is pathological. That doesn't mean that the passing out is a pathology that needs to be treated. What it means is that it is indicating that there is some underlying pathology that is producing that side effect. Yeah. Wow, you must get some really heated arguments on social media. Oh, like the most heated is that um, this is God's punishment for Eve's sin in the garden. Oh, wow. This is really deep. We're going to have to have you come back for another episode because this goes beyond. It's yeah, it's. I was going to say it's heavy. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. It, uh, it's systemic. It's not just confined to you know the pelvic region it's um it's related to the heart throat chakra mind meant oh my gosh okay more to come let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um your entrepreneurial and business success did you i mean from a business perspective did you encounter any challenges in starting a brand the biggest challenge that i found was the resistance to the story that i was telling interesting um, and also I found that, um, I was very surprised that it was much easier to raise money from men than compared to women. What? I'm surprised by that. How, how really? I had an exponentially better experience with men than women. Why do you think that is? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I have some hypotheses that, um, especially when I was first fundraising for Conceivable, there were so few female VCs, so yeah. few, that they are the cream, cream, cream of the crop. Yeah. In there, and that they were holding women also to those same standards. Mm. Um, I think that that might be. And also, like, you're not going to make me look bad. Oh, yeah. Like, I have so much to, I put so much on the line to get here. I'm sure in medical school, I'm sure it's the same thing in medical school too, oh, yeah. in fellowship training. And um, I mean, there's just, I don't know if it's true or not. Um, often women were mean. Yeah. Like would say really mean things that were not necessary and not helpful, you know. Um, often, sometimes men would say things very directly, but they would say it very kindly. 
um, and and helpfully. Like they're like, listen, here's where I think the problem is. I think you need to solve for this problem first, and then come back and or let me make an introduction or whatever. Um, I think also that female VCs potentially. Um, if that earlier, you know, we're concerned about sort of it looking too stereotypical to invest in period companies. Interesting. Like they're like, oh, I'm the woman and I invest in the period thing. Interesting. Um, so I think is there's, I mean, definitely now, you know, we're raising money again for Brazen and um, now there's younger VCs who are female and the experience is really changing a lot. So I'm actually really excited about a few that I've been working with lately. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And I do think, I mean, belonging to a number of, you know, a women's support or um, um, women's networking groups, I, I do think the energy and the, and the tide has definitely shifted and it feels a lot more um, supportive and, um, and that you can, you know, reach out and digitally hug, you know, the next person knowing that they're not just part of your brain trust, but a part of your tribe, right? And that they're looking out for you. So I'm, I'm very excited for you. Now, in terms of uh, just another business question, how long did it take you to go from conceived concept to actual production and the company? So for the first, for yeah, for conceivable to be able to, you know, like develop the algorithm mm -hmm. to be able to do what we were doing, it took us about 18 or 20 months. Yeah, sometime, yeah. Um, if you imagine like we had, 800 questions that we might ask a patient in a wow. consultation. Wow. You know, because for us, it might be like, do you have insomnia? Yes or no? That's one question. Yes. Yeah. Is it falling asleep or staying asleep? I can't stay asleep. How long do you wake up when you wake up? Three yeah. hours. Are you hot or cold when you wake up? Is your mind racing or is this happening? Are you waking to urinate? Like, because we're trying to keep peeling back the layers of the onion to understand where's the root, where's the seed. Yes. So it was interesting because at the office where we were working, um, you could write on every single surface, every wall, window, door, floor, everything was whiteboarded or you could write on. So we wrote all 800 questions and we walked around saying, if you say yes to this question, what other questions do you have to say yes to? Yes. And it was actually, for me, it was a very fun mental gymnastics period. Yeah. I really enjoyed it um, yeah. thoroughly because I'm like, we really challenged, as another uh, acupuncturist who worked with me for a long time, he was a very smart guy. And so we would have a lot of heated arguments about sort of like <laughs> philosophical about, is this true or not? And if they say yes to this, this is. And can and we boiled that down to 20 questions. Wow. That's impressive. And the goal for Conceivable was to build a software application that was could produce 50% as good of uh, pregnancy outcomes as me personally mm -hmm. um, at a hundredth the cost of IVF. And um, in the end, the algorithm outperformed me. Wow. So with no, no lab work, no human interaction at all, because we did not have a human actor. We wanted to see what kind of result could we get again, because the goal is how do we democratize access to mm -hmm. care? Yeah. So the more human interaction you have, it's it's nicer for the patient, but it costs more. That's right. And I'm like, I want to deliver an outcome. Yeah. For someone who has no money, I want them to have something that will deliver the outcome that they desire. And there are other ways that people can get the other kind of support that they need. That's beautiful. And so will we see the manifestation of this, whether it's part of the algorithm or democratizing healthcare in the Brazen app that's soon to come? 
Yep, it'll be the same thing except for instead of just having one piece for conceive for fertility, it'll have um, actually software for girls before they get their period, um, for prepubescent, for like girls who are just starting their period, who are becoming sexually active, not in the first version, obviously. Yes. Um, for women who are thinking about like pregnancy prep, yes. right, who want to get ready for a healthy pregnancy, for yes. those who are pregnant, postpartum, because I think that's a real missed opportunity yes. for care, postpartum, perimenopause, which nobody knows or talks about, and then mm -hmm. menopause. I was, th that totally was my next question. I hope I teed it up for you well. My next question was, do you have any plans to work on another stage, another beautiful stage of a woman's life, perimenopause and menopause? It's all related. You can't, you can't do one without the other. Very true. I'm so happy that you're going to have that continuum. And I'm really excited for that app. Do you have any um, general idea as to when that will become available? We're beta testing the very first version of it right now. Probably it depends on how OCD I will get before I release it. Um, so we're no building OCD. <laughs> we're building, you know, I want the best for people. So that's my thing. I'm like, I can do better. I can do better. I can do better. Yeah. Um, but I think as soon as we feel confident, it can deliver that like some outcome. We'll start releasing it, you know. Okay. In the next couple of months. No, not in the next couple months, probably in the next six months. Okay, next six months. That's still that's still very soon. Okay, well, don't get too OCD. You know what they say about perfection. <laughs> I know, I know. It's terrible, I'm right there. Right? Oh, it's not good enough. I can't. I have to do better. I have to do better. Yes, I understand completely. Let's shift gears one last time, just for fun and ha-has. Not that this hasn't been fun. This has been actually super enlightening and empowering. And I'm really so grateful that you said yes to this podcast. Thank you. But beauty now, since it's always. It's all for this piece because this is actually my new thing that I'm really interested in. Oh, ah, very good. Um, do you have a beauty routine? And if so, what is it? Yes, I have a very lightweight beauty routine. I'm not very fancy. That's um, okay. I use uh, Kindred. I really like this brand, Kindred. Um, oh, one yeah. of my best friends is a cosmetic acupuncturist. Okay. And um, so she mostly takes care of my 53-year-old skin. Um, good, good. Thank you. And then, uh, so try to get as much cosmetic acupuncture as I can get on her schedule for. She's, her name is, uh, you should check her out on Instagram. I'll give her a quick plug. Brooke Global. Okay. Um, she has really interesting, she also does some facial, like there's some facial diagnosis in Chinese medicine Ooh. around where wrinkles are and what we can yes. understand about like what the underlying um, so, social and emotional and physiological issues that are going on. Ooh, so she's yeah, I'll connect you. She's she's so interesting. I mean, she's really fascinating because she, from twenty to thirty, she was a, a professional fly fishing instructor. Oh my god, I love it. So she's a, got a great story. Very interesting. But um, but you know about beauty. What I was going to add, what was has been so fascinating is that um, with our PMS formula, I mean, as one of the potential things that it might affect is hormonal acne, but. For me, because I know the people that we take care of are like passing out from their period or having PC, PMDD or having really bad whatever. To me, I think, well, acne is like kind of down the hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah. But actually, we've been getting all this feedback from our customers. They're like, okay, my PMS is like crazy better. <laughs> but they say this. They're like, my PMS was like ruining my life. But what's even better is my hormonal acne is now gone. Wow. That's impressive. Because... You know, if you think about the causes of hormonal acne, inflammation, 
blood sugar instability, causing elevations in um, um, insulin, which is causing in elevations of testosterone combined with swelling is trapping, right? So it's been really fun. We're actually going to spin off a new product for specifically for hormonal acne, similar, very similar for that thing, because we realize that it is a big deal. Yes, and it that it's really affecting people's self-esteem and yeah. that, you know, when, you know, however, maybe their PMS isn't that bad, but their hormonal acne is really bad. And, yes. and there's really no products that are addressing hormonal acne and acne from the inside out. Absolutely. I love that. And I, it is definitely an issue, a big issue for a lot of people. I have patients who um, have had such severe acne that it has been disfiguring and they do mm. not leave the house. And this is pre-pandemic. So it, uh, thank you for addressing that with your products. Okay. So your routine is kindred. So you have a cleanser, a moisturizer, toner. That's it. Not even, to, well, I use a, uh, I use a very cheap rose water toner that I get from Trader Joe's. No problem. I'm not, I am not, I just love it. It smells so good and it feels good on my skin. And yeah. then I also use, you know, I lived in Asia, um, in Korea, they have these little scrubbies and, um, it's a little exfoliator. And for whatever with my autoimmune stuff, my skin doesn't exfoliate very well. And so like, it's very easy for my skin to get a little thick on my face. And this scrubby yeah. um, works better than anything to just um, help me to absorb moisturizer better. Got it. Okay. I'm going to have to get those recommendations from you offline. <laughs> There's nothing sexy about my beauty care routine. <laughs> doesn't have to be sexy and it doesn't have to be expensive, right? It really doesn't. I mean, I, I, I just got, I can talk about that for forever. Um, what is the one, now you have to choose. I know you have a simple, a simple routine, but if you only had to use one product, whether it was a beauty product or a healthcare product, what is the one that you absolutely cannot be without? Hmm. I know everyone is those Beauty like, or healthcare? Yes, either. I mean, I, can I have one of each? Sure. I can't live without my green scrubby. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. my skin gets really, it just gets so thick. And yeah. other exfoliants don't work, and it just gets it so good. And yeah. Korea, they'll scrub your skin down to the bone with it. And it's um, a physical scrubby, like it's abrasive, gently. Yeah, abrasive. You can go, if you go and find like a Korean grocery store and go to yeah. like the bath section, you can find, they're like green, they're neon green. Oh, okay. It's so good. There's a long one, like a towel, you can scrub your back with it. It's oh, really wow. good. Oh, facial one. Yeah. But I use I that with my face. Oh, when I go to the stores, I go all the way to the back with a wall of masks, the facial masks, and I just pile them on. <laughs> yes. Yes. The other thing is bone broth. Ah, my mother's big into bone broth. I think that, broth. go ahead. Why bone broth? I think that the majority of menstruating people don't quite have very, they, we just don't have that robust of blood. Like gut is not that great. Their diet is not as good as it needs to be relative to their exercise output. Um, meat is very high in iron but it's hard to digest and actually extract the nutrients so if your digestion isn't super ro robust you can't get the nutrients from it all that collagen natural collagen not synthesized collagen makes a big difference mm. and um, it's like liquid nutrients it's so easy for digestion to take it absorb it convert it into energy make blood okay and that's a, that's not a problem for vegetarians or vegans well, it is. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want that. Sure. Yeah, they no. definitely 
But uh, for, you know, spirulina is a good substitute for them. You just have to be careful because it's very cold. Yeah. So it can be quite injurious to digestion. Right. Right. Wow. So much to learn from you, Kristen. We have to go have our, our, our wine happy hour soon. No, for sure. It's coming. It's coming. Well, I love this question, but part of me, you know, part of, part of me feels a little sad because I know it's the last question. Hmm. It is the fab five. Okay. And for you, what would you say are your top five recommendations for living a beautiful and fabulous life? And I will write these down. Okay. Slow down. Okay. Do less, but better. Ooh, I like that. I like to try to do a lot, but then it's sloppy. Gotcha. Like really find what's important and cut that in half and do it impeccably. You'll be so much happier. Less friends, better quality. Ah, I just had a conversation about like that exact topic with someone today. Okay. Like investing more deeply in less to have more. Yeah. Like the quality of what you put in your body determines, you know, in large part of the quality of every cell in your body. And it's worth investing in. And I'm not good at it. Like people like, oh, they'll see me and I'll be like eating, you know, frozen custard with my mate, you know. And they'll be like, I can't believe you ate that. You're always talking about the quality of food. That's not even organic. I'm like, I fucking love frozen custard. It's so good. <laughs> but at least I know, right? I'm choosing. Right. I'm choosing that. Wine's not good for women. No wine. Now the data show is helpful for us, but it sure is delicious and I really enjoy it. But but really thinking about, I like what, this isn't mine, I stole this off TikTok, which is like my favorite place to be lately. She said, instead of like eating and dieting, all she's like each day, I mean, you're, you're an integrative nutritionist. How will you choose to nourish yourself? Ah, that's great. I love that because, you know, I'm thinking about lunch. I'm like, well, what am I going to eat? I'm going to have like whatever, whatever. And she's like, think about like, how am I going to nourish myself at this meal? What will I put my body to really love myself? Yeah. And then part of loving yourself is also, you know, being a little bit easy with yourself. I live by 80-20. I'm super mindful and cognizant and aware and nourishing. And 20%, I'm just doing what makes me feel good. Regardless. Because, yes, because neurotic isn't any better for you. No, it isn't. Okay. So number one, slow down. Number, would you say that's your number two? Invest in what you eat. Or invest in nourishing yourself. Or is that part of number one? Um, yeah. No, I think they're separate. I mean, it's like slow down more do more do less but better yes okay. take the time to nourish yourself all right what's your number being two? satisfied okay give me your number three. Oh, those were your five yeah slow down <laughs> got it i got so caught up in all of you know i kept going with it. i was like yes more yes yes and i lost it okay number one slow down number two invest in nourishing yourself number three i'm sorry um, do less, but better. Yes. Have less friends, but invest more in them. Go deeper. Got it. Mind and, and then in mindfulness. Uh -huh. Like it really makes a difference. In fact, in the conceivable pilot of all the interventions that we delivered, our yeah. invest, like what was the thing that got him pregnant? Was it the herbs? Was it the diet? Was it this? Actually, all those things were equally weighted in the outcomes. The only thing that was slightly more impactful was the mindfulness. 
Interesting. That was more impactful than food or herbs. Now, how did you measure the mindfulness? Did they engage or not? Ah. Did they do the homework? Yeah. That's a good way to measure that. That's so okay. Cool. You know, it's user-collected data, so it's, a, it's imperfect, but still. Yeah, but it's something. I mean, I know in medicine, it's easy to discount, you know, anecdotal evidence, but in my opinion, it's still evidence. Experience is still evidence. And to be able to just observe that, collect the data, observe it, and say, this is what we observed, I right. think truth in that. I mean, it may not be the double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial, which are exorbitantly expensive to conduct, by the way. And impossible to, to deliver in a, like a multi-arm, multi-intervention yeah. that changes every single week. Yeah. It, it's, like the intervention changes for each individual, so there's no way you could use a double-blind controlled RCT. That's right. That's right. In, inherently, you couldn't because every person is different and therefore Correct. every person has to serve as their, you know, as their placebo or their standard. It's very difficult. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. We cannot wait to see your data. <laughs> Me too. Very exciting. Thank you so very much, Kirsten, for your time, your expertise, your energy, your inspiration, your empowerment. It has been a wonderful wonderful podcast and, and I hope you enjoyed it as well and as much as I did. I did one of the most fun podcasts I've been on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And I look forward to staying connected too. Absolutely. Please. You have all of my information and I hope you will use it. Okay, great. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I will stay on and conclude and you may sign off at your leisure. Stay okay, well. Great. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. This brings us to our close of this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast with my guest, Kirsten Karshmer. For more information about what Kirsten may offer you, visit her at foreverbrazen.com. You may also check her out on TikTok at The Period Expert and also on Twitter, Kirsten Karch. You can also follow her on Instagram at foreverbrazen. As always, if you like this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. For holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment with me to discuss strategies for your most fab face ever and more, please go to elementsandgraces.com and sign up for a consultation or for my newsletter. And for an online e-consultation on time, anytime on your time, visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, and beauty consultations and questions on the go. That's click, C-L-I-C-K dash lift.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.